Hey guys, uh, Justin McAleese here. We are talking about Brick Madness and I am uh, maybe the most excited I've been in a long, long time because I got a bunch of people that I absolutely adore here and they're going to make fun of me and uh, sort of ridicule the way this thing went down and why it took 11 years to be here doing this. So that's good. I'm excited about that. Um, I got Robin Steffen, Anthony Hoots-Taylor, Jenica Schwartzman, Reggie Castaneda, Another dude named Justin McAleese. Carl, switch your name. Can you switch your name, buddy? Hit the little dots up in the corner because I sent you the wrong link. Uh, That's Carl Merriam, Lego extraordinaire. And then we got Marsha Kempton. She's going to be hosting for us today. So that's that. And uh, yeah, just super excited to be here and talk about the movie. In the chat section, or actually Q&A, you can write any questions you have, and then we will try to get get to those as we go along. Um, later on in the broadcast, we will be doing a giveaway for 50 bucks, a $50 B&H gift card. So that's going to, yeah, yeah. Blows your mind. Anthony, you want it? You want it to, you can't win because you're on this thing. Cause I see you, you can't win. Um, but yeah, put in your questions and, uh, Marshall will give us our questions. We will be answering and it's going to be great. So here we go. Marsha, are you ready? I am ready, Justin. Are you going to give a little <laughs> intro why we know each other? And then I can talk about your movie before I ask my questions. Yeah, sure. I uh, met Marsha Kempton a long time ago, maybe 10, 11 years ago, worked on a bunch of movies with her, including uh, My Reality and Bardo Blues. And yeah, have ongoing projects, been to Thailand uh, a couple times uh, because of her and to uh, Mongolia and all sorts of other places. And so, Amsterdam yeah. recently. yeah, <clears throat> And Amsterdam recently, an American in Amsterdam is the most recent project. And a number of us have worked on that stuff in one way or another. Anthony's been uh, a, a lead basically in a couple of those things. And yeah, it's been a great time. Yeah. And I'm really excited to uh, be, I'm rarely in this position because you and I work, you're the cinematographer kind of co-director with me on all these films and I'm directing and and producing them. Obviously you get co-producer often too, because you're helping so much, but it's interesting to be on the other side asking you and you as a director, a writer, a producer, an actor and cinematographer, you did it all. I guess, what do you call that when it's five? What do you call that word? That's the pentafecta. A psychopath. That's a callback, guys. That's a line from the movie that I made up. (laughs) Yeah, I love Anthony saying psychopath. But that is not easy. So I was thinking about before I got to the cast and crew, uh, asking you some specific questions, Justin, because it did take 11 years. And and the obvious question is, because I just saw the recent cut, and I know as a director and a writer, how the editing process changes and the, the movie I really loved in the beginning, but now I just think it's outstanding. It is so tight, so funny. Anybody out there that hasn't seen it, it's so worth your time. So tell us why as a director and doing a film like this, it takes 11 years. Um, most of what I ended up doing after the fact was editing out old jokes that were now outdated. So there was a Danica Patrick joke. There was a bunch of OJ jokes some Bill Clinton jokes, and they just were way too old to keep including in that movie. Um, No, a lot of it was just like getting past the finish line. I think it's easy to get 90% of the way and feel like you're almost done. And then something else comes in the, in the road and it's just like impassable and you don't know what to do. And so it sucks for a little while. And you have to like, in my own experience, like I had to like, deal with it sucking for a little while and then get around that and move on to the next thing. Whether I was like taking it from one computer program to the next when I moved from Final Cut to Premiere or from Mac to Windows or lost a bunch of files or whatever it happened to be. It's like those things where 
it's just super hard to continue. And so it overwhelmed me for a while, a month, two months, six months, whatever it was. And I had to set like a date and be like, I have to get it done at this point. And ultimately that's the only reason I got it done was because I bought a theater. I rented out a theater and it wasn't done. It wasn't anywhere near done, but I was like, it has to be done or else I'll look like a fool more so. So I better finish. As an artist, don't we get really attached to what we love? We've put it all together. You know that even with my reality, it was very hard for me to cut it down. Uh, You get attached to what you love that you start out in, and then you have to look at it objectively. And it does take time. But the other thing is you're a working artist. You have a business. So to create a, a movie while working as a cinematographer, it's not easy to do that. Yeah, having a full-time video production company is also obviously very draining. That can be an 80 hour a week job right there. And so like doing that and then going back and doing more video production essentially is like, even if you love the project and love all the people that are in it, it's still difficult to do that. So that's a lot of probably why I was so bad about it. Well, and uh, you know, again, I, I know you well enough to, that's not a, a, an excuse. That's a hardworking person trying to create art on the side while working with their own company. But I think the biggest changes that I noticed outside that you've made it shorter and edited it down, which I think, again, I'm repeating myself as an artist, it's very hard to do that because I know how many funny things were in there before, but you made it a lot tighter. And I, I, the biggest change I saw was the transition. So what was it as an artist and an editor to be able to have that that outside look that allowed you to make those really smooth transitions. I really felt the difference in the transitions. Um, watching it in front of people. You know, I took it around to five different Lego conventions around the country in uh, Chicago and went down to Virginia and went to um, Texas and all these places. Anyway, watching it in front of people another 10 times, uh, including the first two premieres, is like, you just notice the, the time, you know, that happens very quickly if you feel like uneasy or you're like, why am I waiting here to get to the next part? And so I think that helps. It's like a stand-up comedian being able to pitch and being able to do his jokes, his or her jokes. And then like, they just edit out that little bit. They're like, oh, I don't need that word. I don't need that phrase. I think that was part of the process that helped me. And you also feel the audience. <clears throat> I, I've sat in a room with you as well. When you feel the audience, you feel when they kind of pull away a little bit. While sure. doing it. So I have so many more questions for you, but we'll move. Yeah, it talk to the rest. <laughs> yeah. So would you like, I, did, I mean, I know Anthony the best. Should I go with Anthony first? Let's, he's, he's a bit of a wet blanket, but he might have something to say. <laughs> um, uh, to give you guys an idea of my background with Anthony, thanks to Justin, he made the introduction and he was in my reality and then he was in Planet M web series and he co-wrote actually he really rewrote the Bardo blues and made it incredible and we won a bunch of awards thanks to his great writing i also and, grew uh, up watching you on tv marcia you're forgetting i i i know you don't like to talk about this but oh when i first met you i was like this chick's familiar and then when i started when i saw the clips i was like oh because i grew up in the bay area where you like where you were i'm like i remember that show, that late night show, I remember that stuff. And like, I know you don't like me to say that because you're only 33 years old and I'm, you know, 42, but it's a hundred percent true. I do remember all that. So I've actually known you longer than you've known me. That is wild. I totally forgot that you saw live from the starlight room. That is great. So Anthony, tell me your favorite experience about Brick Madness and what do you feel about the film today? Because you've seen the changes over the 11 years and what Justin's worked so hard to do. 
Yeah, I mean, about the finish line stuff, too. I mean, I think that the finish line keeps moving if you don't just move it back yourself. Like, it's a, it's a you know, the, the process is the process. And if we let ourselves, we'll just stay in the process forever because letting it go means we have to go do something else. And I feel like what Justin's done kind of so admirably is, is after having worked on it for so long is just kind of said, uh, enough's enough. Like, let's just get it out there. Let's see what 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 it does. Because I think, like, it was such a labor of love for him. I, you know, the things that I love about it, like my favorite part of the process was a lot of just like, honestly, a lot of conversations with Justin and I about like what the hell I was doing. Like, before I, I said this is a acting, joke. Before, uh, before you were doing it? Is yeah, it? like talking about the character, like who is this? Like, I'm not an actor, like at all. I'm a writer <laughs> and I direct some, but like, I don't really consider myself as like, someone who has like an artistic process when it comes to acting. So it was really a lot of winging it for me. And I think everyone, Bobby, everyone who's an actor, raise their hand on this. Yeah, Jenica's an, an actor. Jenica's yeah. an actor. Yeah. <laughs> half of the, half of the cast wasn't actors. Yeah. And that but was, I feel like for me, like, a lot, lot of was actors. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go back to Anthony, Justin was half the cast actors or not actors. Well, of the main people, I mean, there were there were you know i'm not an actor ian's not an actor mm-hmm. um we're i think ian is great at acting i think uh alan is, great at, acting. is great at acting yeah. yeah yeah absolutely that's what i'm saying I, right. I think we tried to make parts and we tried to uh robin and reggie and everyone else who was writing it as well tried to make things that would fit who they were and what they were good at and capable at and what we thought would work and i think mm-hmm. that was what helped and even alan saying you know at one point he's like I was like, you're doing a great job, man. He's like, it it just seems like I'm being myself. And I'm like, yeah, that's what we wanted. That's exactly what we were going for. Right. Anyway, sorry to cut you off, Anthony. That's what you did so well. You were Anthony, but you were in this Ricky Six um, part. So, Anthony, tell me again what the process was with Justin. Was it talking about improv? Was it talking about the lines? Yeah, the first thing we did, the first thing we did was that promo when we shot in your studio, dude. Yes. Where I was wearing that stupid Nebraska shirt that I can't find anymore, but I miss like to me, if I'm being completely honest, that's one of my favorite, like, like almost like one of my favorite artistic moments, but definitely one of my favorite acting moments was literally just sitting with you for an hour, just making shit up, like making up, (laughs) like just trying to think about who this guy was and how he would act and like playing that old improv game of if this is true, what else might be true? Like if he was this kind of guy, then, what else might be true about the way he saw the world. And like, that was, it ended up being the promo and stuff, but it was really an ex, that was a character exploration of like, just trying to figure this out because it wasn't like there was a lot of script to look at for me at that point anyway. And, you know, and not blowing smoke up the ass of anyone else on, on this thing, but like, it was the meeting people and working with people. Like, I mean, watching Robin work, watching Jenica work, uh, not so much Reggie. Um, uh, you know, whatever. And like, yeah. honestly, being around an artist like Carl, I mean, I remember seeing shit that you'd made Carl and like literally having moments where like, I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's cool. And like walking away going like in no world would that ever occur to me to do like, and I think that was really inspiring. I mean, you know, obviously making great friends like tilt who, you know, unfortunately isn't with us anymore. And like those connections to me and meeting in my mind who I felt were like real artists, real people creating things and just being in their presence or being in a scene with them. 
I remember watching you, Jenica, in the freaking flirting with Robin scene, like in the lobby. And I was like, that's like some real shit. Like, that's like just ridiculousness, but like in like a real way and not just like me being a goofball. So like, I felt like for me, that was like a huge part of this whole journey was just being around these people who were doing real stuff and like having all my insecure moments, which is, you know, I'm, I'm horrifically insecure about acting. I, I've been joking with people. I'm like, I'd like another shot at this movie. I think I do better this time around. Can we do a recut? I feel like I get it now. It was- oh, well, it's a little late. So you, I thought you were great, Anthony. And let's just, and since you're saying that really the creative process as an actor was really not there, was more about the groups of people. Tell us about the experience of improving. Improving is very, very hard to do, having taken a lot of improv, because what most people don't know, unless they know Justin and the whole crew, how much improv was there. So there was um, a lot of setup and an understanding of not going on too long and then getting the joke. Tell me your process when you were doing it, because I thought it was brilliant and improv. Yeah, I mean, we knew where we had to go. So it wasn't like it wasn't like we were creating scenes. We were just kind of like we were given this like leeway to kind of play within the, these really specific archetypes that we had. And I think what was great is everyone knew everyone had like a really specific point of view. So, I mean, I, I know I don't think improv is that hard when you're playing with people you trust and you're playing with people who have a clear point of view and aren't just like, you know, futzing around. Like, and so I feel like those moments were really fun and honestly pretty easy because everyone just very clearly knew what was, what they were about. And it was, it made it fun to react and play. And like, I mean, there were plenty of times I remember scenes like going on so long and like, I feel like we're like, I know this ain't going to make it. This ain't going to make the cut. But like, <laughs> it's fun while you're doing I mean, it. We're just going to keep going, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, could, you could feel the joy. Okay, I'm going to come back to you, Anthony. And I want, hopefully at the end, for you just to reflect a little bit on Tilt because I was lucky enough to meet Tilt through uh, Justin and you and just kind of your favorite Tilt moments. But uh, I just saw Reggie. So I just got to go with Reggie. Reggie's my guy. For all the films, he is the grip and he's the master of taking Justin and Ian McLeese's incredible cinematography and and going with it. But I got to tell you, Reggie, I didn't know you. I forgot because I hadn't seen uh, The Cut in, I think, three years, maybe, Justin. And I didn't know. I forgot that you were in it. How was it? What was the experience of being in uh, Brick Madness, Reggie? Um, It was a lot of fun. it was interesting because I, it was the first time I'd ever actually worked on a film set and done film set things, like not anything creative. I was not supposed to, I was like, I played the sound guy, I played this guy, and then I was helping in the background. Um, but it was all on camera a lot. So it was, a, I had a really good time, honestly. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Were um, these your friends before you got on there so that yeah. you knew them really well? Okay. Yeah. And, and we didn't. Sorry, we didn't have just so people are understanding. Like Reggie was part of the crew within the movie. He was also actual crew. So like when we saw him, it wasn't like we had two sets of crews doing the thing while he was doing the thing. Like it was just us. There was no extra people. Really. Very shrewd of you, Justin. Very shrewd businessman yeah, yeah, yeah. of you. Parsimonious. I'm quite parsimonious. That's called guerrilla independent uh, <laughs> filmmaking, and Reggie has done that also. For most recently, American in Amsterdam. He really played a great bartender. What so if Reggie's- the crew played <laughs> the, the crew. crew? 
Oh, wow. So, Smart. Reggie, Smart, before yeah. we keep on going on, since it was your first time on camera and you were crew, which I didn't realize that was your first time as crew, uh, were you nervous at all? Uh, yeah. I, it, wasn't, it actually wasn't my first time on camera. Um, I'd helped out on other things, but um, it was weird because when you first start out on a film set, even though Justin and Ian are really easy to work with because they – uh, I feel like they just hire a lot of people that don't know what they're doing and just babysit them the whole time. So it was, it was super nice of them to uh, allow me to mess up, you know, their film crew or their, just their film set, like, left and right. And they're like, hey, man, do you really want to do that like that? But then also I'm supposed to, I don't know, do a lighting gag or drop some line in the middle of the thing. So, you know, there was a lot of hand-holding, and it was fun. Yeah, it was nerve-wracking in that sense, but, uh, you know, uh, I was lucky enough to be on set with a bunch of amazing people. Like, there was... I don't think there was a person on that set that I even remotely ever felt any negative feelings towards, except for maybe Carl Merriam, because he's just the wow. most difficult actor to work with. You know? <laughs> so I just think it's amazing because I thought you did a great job. And I think it's also interesting because working with you on my films and hopefully you'll always be working with me. You're a person that just does everything with a positive attitude. And I just sense the vibe on that set, which Justin Ian said, just Marsha cut out for well, a second. Bye, everybody. Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> I think the I think the bunker that she's uh, calling from might have gotten hit. Oh, is she back? Marsha's back. <laughs> Lost a few seconds just at the end there. Because I was saying how funny and great it was that Reggie adapted so well, but he he was he was great in character. On set and offset, obviously. So I just, I would. We try to make it as natural for him as possible. So he yeah. didn't well, have I, to I, think. Yeah, I don't, I'm not very intelligent and I don't think good. <laughs> so that part is super not easy. But um, I did, I did do improv for eight or nine years. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that at all. So that's a great thing for yeah. the people listening because yeah. I know Justin Pitt, well, we know Tilt did, right? He's, yeah. I had no idea, and I certainly knew Anthony did, that you were doing improv because you did it so well yeah. on the set in the movie. So that's how Tilt so kind of got roped in was Robin Stefan, who is uh, also uh, in this chat. Robin Stefan and I did improv together for I sat like eight or nine years or something like that, and Tilt used to perform at the Improv Olympics with us. And I mean, he was like the kid that was at every single show doing the, the lighting for all the groups in the back, you know, just helping everyone out. And he, he also was the funniest guy there, but willing to pull lights and do the music, intro music and stuff like that. So when they wanted to do the character Wyatt, Robin and I were like, I, we know who, we know exactly who this should be, but let's cast him anyways. And we were lucky enough that Justin agreed that Tilt should be the, to play Wyatt Puckett. So, I didn't know you were the one that suggested to Justin to do Telt. Oh, that's amazing. I think it might have been more Robin, but I, I, we okay. were both on the same page about him. That, like, yeah, Tilt was the dude that had to be – he was the, he's the funniest guy we knew. So it's the That's why we have no, to at the no end. We have to – some all everybody's got to tell their Tilt memory, please, because he played Wyatt for those that haven't seen the movie. He's an extraordinary um, comedian, and uh, he's not – here today which is very hard so we'll we'll circle back let me go to robin are you there robin thank you reggie oh there oh my god look at your hair you are a completely different robin than in the movie i guess that's what 11 years does right yeah right plus you know 2020 has been you know, just wonderful <laughs> on all of us so 
Right. Also, in we movies, people them. play characters um, that are like different. Like then they wear like clothes. It's like a different. It's like a different thing. Some of you have different names. It's, it's confusing. I get it. I know. I <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. So, Robin, I was um, so impressed with you from the beginning. And I didn't know until right now with Reggie that you, uh, you know, I obviously knew you were an actor, but that you had all this improv background. Tell me the most challenging part of doing the movie. And I'm going to say right away, was it keeping yourself from not laughing with this group because you kept a very serious face? I mean, yeah, everybody was so funny and so talented. I can't, you know, I, I honestly can't think of anything that was overly challenging because it is such a supportive group. Like as a whole, the writing was great. Justin's great. You know, everybody involved is great. Jenica's great. And it's just, there was nothing that, that felt like work. It just Aww. felt like hanging out with your friends and making a movie. Oh, um, that's beautiful. I was so trying what's to... the part that you love the most then about outside <laughs> that you're with all your friends? Yeah. And speaking of improv, my favorite moment and I absolutely it gave me my biggest laugh and I tried so hard to keep it in but it was it was with Tilt and we improvised the um, Tilt's middle name the Wyatt's middle name scene uh, <laughs> it, that scene I mean it was such a great back and forth layup it's like the those are like the improv scenes that you kind of dream of having like it was the perfect layup back and forth build 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 and if you haven't seen the movie watch the movie the Tilt's middle name scene. And man, that was easily my favorite, my favorite moment that I can remember joke wise from, from set. And that was all, yeah, all imp improvised between. And the that two. was, that was one of those moments too, where we had not, that was not in the script to even have an interview with, with Tilt at that point. Like why it wasn't in there, there was no spot for him necessarily, but like we had a little bit of time. I remember when we were doing the Fowler invitationals or whatever. So we, we set it up real quick and it was different than we would normally do interviews. So it was tough to make it work camera wise, but it was awesome on screen. And yeah, it was so great what you guys did and, and Tilt took it and, you know, just made it just perfect. Um, in a clueless manner, which was awesome. Well, and it's it's so great. I didn't know until today that Robin and Tilt already had that chemistry of knowing each other. So uh, I just have to ask you, Justin, about Robin. Did you create this? You were saying, did you create this kind of character for Robin? Because he linked, well, Cedric, obviously, sorry. But uh, he linked the entire movie uh, and, and gave us this perspective of what we're watching because I knew nothing about Lego. I mean, I knew Legos as a kid, but I knew nothing about this insane, you know, group of people to compete. I didn't know. And I really felt he linked it well together. But was that also improv? You gave him a structure and then you kind of did it in the edit room? His, his he, had, he had less improv than other people, I think, because he he had more block and tackling as we call it. So like he had very specific story moment, storytelling moments that he had to hit. But Robin was there when we were doing the writing of it in the first place. So Robin and Reggie, Anthony was in, maybe not in the room, but he was looking at drafts. Uh, Carl was helping, you know, we got together for, um, there was a couple weekends and then there was a bunch of other miscellaneous days where we got to get together and all we did was write, like a writer's room would be at a TV show or something like that. And so Robin knew what he was getting into because he had helped write it and we had gone back and forth about that. And then we added some of like the, the initial voiceover. I realized that it wasn't tight enough and didn't make enough sense. So we had to add that in after the fact to tie it all together. 
And then how, when did you do uh, that? Because I noticed that being a little different. Uh, when did you add in that voiceover, the latest one? We, we did a rough cut showing and then it was like way, it was like two and two hours and 20 minutes or something. It was like incredibly long, excruciatingly okay. long. And then I think we did another one and then we did, it was on like the third time around or before the third time around, we added a voiceover. It just needed to be more clear. And we had cut out a lot of backstory. When you watch the movie, there's a bunch of stuff we did in Fresno that like led up to that point. It was, I thought it was really great and it was cool and there was good character moments, but we had to cut it just for time basically. And it's so a lot of times too, when you're out there making a movie, it's like, you have to be aware of what part fits in like a smaller sub puzzle. Cause if you take mm -hmm. out one piece of that puzzle, then that whole part dies. And so mm -hmm. that's the difficult thing is like you have to weave these things, but taking out one strand doesn't ruin it without mm -hmm. eliminating a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's what you're doing. And that's something, you know, as we grow as filmmakers, we have to be aware of that stuff. What invalidates the whole rest of the thing if you remove it? Um, and that's the hardest thing in editing when you have to edit your movie down. Cause I mean, at least the three movies I've done, they're always too long and editing them down and not ruining that kind of puzzle is the hardest part for me, at least as a filmmaker and the most exciting. So Robin, my last question, is there something that you want to mention? Cause I have a few questions in front of me and I'm trying to get to everybody. Is there something that you want to highlight um, about this experience or I was my question was going to be I last time I saw you in LA you were like every working actor or not working actor a waiter mm -hmm. and how do you replicate such an amazing experience like Brick Madness are you writing something yourself yes uh, Reggie and I have have um, wrote some things together and uh, you know it was looking to be a good year with things and you know as 2020 is has has hurt a lot of us we, we fell into that category as well um also waiter just that just doesn't exist right now either. so you know right. a lot of things definitely um got affected by by all of that i i guess i would end again <laughs> what's another amazing experience that you remember uh, being on set you mentioned tilt but this was very special with you guys all being great friends sure i mean uh, you know my scenes with jenica were just so much fun um she gave me so much to work with in every one of our scenes. I mean, Jenica is such a, she's such a strong person, such a strong character. Like she was such a driving force in all of our scenes and it made everything so easy and she's just so wonderful to work with. Um, so I do have to say, I mean, just really getting to know her and, and working on set with her was just like- Well then let's transition to Jenica because Jenica, <laughs> I saw your audition tape because Justin and Nicole were living in Colorado editing my reality. And I also saw Tilt and I met Anthony that way. And I was like, wow, that woman's really, really talented. Everybody's talented in this. Is Jenica here? Hello, uh, you're on Jenica. Uh, can you please sleep for us? Can you I'm sleep for us, Jenica? Because hey I don't have any technical skills in when it comes hi, to interviews. Hi, Jenica Schwartzman here. Hi. How's it going? Oh, hi. <laughs> It's been a while. I don't look exactly the same, but I'm still smoking hot. Yeah, you don't have nope. red hair anymore. It's very oh. confusing. Oh. oh, my God. That was a funny moment. You're Max, right? <laughs> and I made sure I get this right. Right, Matt? Are you, <laughs> who am I talking to? I want to talk to Jenica, but who am I talking yeah, to? I'm Jenica Schwartzman, hi. No, I, Alan Agazarian, yes, I am Max. Alan, thank you. Okay. Hi, Marsha. I don't know. Hi, Let me go to Jenica and I'll come back. So Jenica, okay. um, I really, I want to focus as much on the positive. <laughs> there you go, Alan. 
Jenica, are you there? Yes. Um, and one, give me your process about the character and give me your process about, you know, uh, working with everybody on the set. I was very lucky. I was invited uh, to the cool kids table on a different movie. I was the uh, lead actress in a movie that we were shooting and Justin and Ian, they very lovingly were the most wonderful people to work with. And they invited me over to a table at lunchtime and said, hey, we're working on a movie. And then they wanted to talk to me about it. And I was so excited and I felt so um, special and amazing, much more special than all the other people here. Um, I was the most beloved and invited. Um, but that's what I discovered is that I ended up getting to know them better. And every single person I met on Bricks was the most interesting, quick-witted, sharp, charming, wonderful person to be around. I was like, oh, I am not special at all. <laughs> this is exactly what they're doing. They're just finding all of these perfect people that they love to spend time with who would be really fun together. And so I got to do that, but they asked me, cause they were writing it, what do you want to do? And I was oh, like, so they actually made more of a role for you specifically, which I did not know. And um, had you always done improv? Were you always just an actress? Uh, yeah, I've always acted and um, always participated in improv when I was younger. It's, it's definitely a younger person activity because of timelines during the day. And it's not usually financially a sound decision to participate very much, but otherwise I would be doing it more. Um, but I wanted to flirt and I wanted to have fun. I really liked to. And so I got the opportunity to, and then I met Robin and I was like, well, you're just going to be catching footage of me flirting with him. I'm not going to like be acting or anything for you guys. So it was just a bunch of found footage of me throwing myself at Robin. So it was well, you were pretty gorgeous in the it, best I have thing to I've say. gotten to do. Well, thank you. Right. Well, that sounds like that's not very hard for you to do, you know, throw yourself at a, at a man because you're very pretty. So <laughs> tell me, um, were there any things uh, new that you learned on their film set that you hadn't learned in uh, different ones? Because obviously everybody had this amazing, positive, creative experience. And the, and the film's really impressive. But was there anything new that you may have learned there? Yeah, this was my first of now many. Uh, my first real improv script where I was given the parameters, the bones for the scene, given the objectives and uh, giving a large overarching, these are the areas we want you to play in. And so being let loose to, to play, I learned what it was like to also adopt continuity to take care of what the other player wants to get out and what they did in one of the rehearsals that they want to do. We didn't actually have like a ton of rehearsal process, which I love. I just got to play as much as I wanted. And um, I've taken that to a lot of other sets. So I learned also that not being on camera is the best experience on this set because then you're hanging out with somebody really rad. I got to hang out and get to know Tilt and Robin and Reggie. And I think I talked to Carl for an hour about almonds. Maybe like three hours about almonds, honestly. <laughs> just got a question. Someone just asked, is it like being on stage? You know, as if you're in theater or, yeah, you know, yeah. improv. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot like that because in theater, it's less mechanical about what you have to do for camera and more about the presentation and the style. And a lot of us got to be more character-y and Robin had to be a little bit more of a straight man. So we all like had our things in all of our playing area that we're allowed to be in. 
But um, really, just well, that's that's really impressive, uh, Justin. I have to say, with Jenica and now Anthony said it because with the improv that I took, I found it very challenging. I do a lot of improv when I'm with real people when I do kind of this fake reality show. So what I love hearing from you and Anthony said it and everybody felt safe is that you each had your specific characters, you had your parameters, and then it really was about rolling the cameras and Justin coming in and just saying, why don't we go in this direction or that direction? But you did have lines that you had to memorize, right? Two thirds of the movie is probably scripted, but there's okay. little nuggets in there that like come before and after and little, little fixes and little smarter things. Right. Um, when I was looking back at it, editing at some point, I was like, oh, that's a great line. It happened a couple of times. I was like, oh man, I'm so happy they came up with that. And then I was like, I'd look back and I was like, oh, we did script that. It might've been slightly different, but like, hopefully it worked where you don't know which is which. Because I think sometimes oh, you, you get into, you there get into also, other... Yeah. There were also great moments where we would do something, someone would happen and you would jump in and be like, I like that, let's do that again. Like, let's capture that. Like, or let's wrap that tighter. Because that's, that's a really great thing that we wouldn't... We, were, we only got to because he let us find it. And I think too, like, Marsha, when you talk about improv too, I think like, you know, the kind of improv that we were doing wasn't finding the greatest joke or like beating a joke or being funny. And it's the thing that I think Tilt was so brilliant at. It was just finding truth. Like truth mm -hmm. is really funny. And especially when you find it in the midst of the uh, madness, like, and, and just revealing those little truths and just finding those real connections. We're not trying to make anything up. We're just discovering what each of us is reacting to and feeling based on what we kind of decided were the game, the, the rules of our game is really where the fun was. And that's why I think like, while it's funny, the characters all have such heart because we weren't trying to be silly. We weren't trying to be, and the, the movie itself is silly enough. Like the premise is insane. And so it was about trying to find the real truth in the middle of all that, that let us kind of explore the funny without like banging people over the head with it. One of the first interviews we did, I don't remember if it was before Anthony or not, probably same week or something. Anyway, we talked to Carl and came up with his character and all that. And he had a couple moments while referencing his, um, his relationship with Ricky six as a kid, as like a 12 year old or something that were so real to me. And it was, it was about such about their little group you know, their, their little group when they were kids of that they would build together. And there was something Favorite about that. Yeah. And it was something so like heartbreaking because you sort of understood that when you were 12 and like when you felt like you were part of the, like Jenica says, the cool kids, and then suddenly you weren't. And like, that was something that just sort of came out as we were working through it. And so I thought in my mind that legitimized the movie a long time before anything else was done because Carl was so good in that moment. Carl, tell me how great you are. Well, not at muting, but I'm try I tried to push the button. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Carl, yeah, comment about what Justin just said because you were great. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, it's mostly just me uh, pretending to be myself. I think because pretty much uh, Rupert is almost exactly the same character uh, <laughs> as I am. Coincidentally enough, I don't know if it was based on me or not, but it uh, seems like it might have been. Uh, what do you think, Justin? It sounds like everybody's <laughs> based on the people that they know. And Alan, we are going to get to you, Alan. 
I promise you. But but with you, Carl, you just tried to dial it up a little bit, you know, and just take what they were and go to the quirkier part of it, the more esoteric part of it and make, you know, because it is about ensemble cast too. We have to make sure that we don't have nine people that are the same. So like Carl did a great job of being, um, you know, being able to be hurt in that situation and having like this undercurrent of being sort of just, um, he's the only one in the movie, he's the, uh, the canary in the coal mine because he's over Ricky Six from the very beginning. He's already had it with him. <laughs> and so by the end of the movie, everyone else catches up to um, Rupert. Yeah. Carl, what, what was your favorite experience? And you can't say I love working with the group and was so wonderful being with Justin Ian because everybody's already said that. Well, um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I was doing was just in my basement uh, building Lego stuff. So we'd, we'd make the, sort of these lists of all the stuff that uh, we needed. And it was, I mean, it was more, more like being, um, being in the art department than being in the part of the, you know, whatever the other part of the department's called. I've, I've been out of the industry for so long now, I can't remember anything. Well, it was so creative what you did create. <laughs> I, I have to say it added, it was its own character, kind of like what I wanted to say to Justin, Fresno was its own character. You know, like the city, or the town, really, you felt it. But you're, you, what you designed was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. I love building Lego, of course. Um, and uh, and also getting the Lego community involved through some of the people that I had met on that side of the of the universe was also super fun, and sort of getting that extra little uh, grain of uh, of truth, like Anthony was saying, into the movie, where like we have some some of the the big fan people, and we have a few of these different other like very. Uh, genuine references to, to how that community operates and what's fun. About and I didn't know about any of this community. I want you to know. So I see this movie, I think three years ago and it was much longer. I thought it was really good, but now I'm watching it just the other night. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a, the cult movie of the century. I know you want to hear that Justin, but I'm really thinking that I am because there are so many people that love Legos and they want to see themselves. I just felt it was so real. I felt that these are real people. We don't need to see, you know, another movie star. This was so refreshing. I, 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 I appreciate thank you that, Marsha. You know, and it's everyone, I think, you know, one of our things, one of the guiding forces for me at least, and I don't know if everyone else caught up on this or not, but I was like, don't sell jokes like ever. Don't ever pitch a thing. Just like say a thing and let it die. And if it dies, that's fine. But like, just be a real person. And what they always talk about with comedy is like, play it like drama. Don't pretend like you're joking. Don't pretend like it's funny. Don't do any of those things. Just be yourself in a situation. And hopefully it comes out funny. If, it, if it's funny, it will be funny. If it's not, then it won't. You know, trying to shove it in the audience and be like, ha ha ha, that's the part that never works. And so I'm super grateful that everyone else, if that was the methodology, cool. But they did that exactly like we had talked about them. Doing. Yeah, they did until, you know, when he was on camera, stole the show. You could not be doing anything but laugh. I mean, yeah. everybody made me laugh, but you're just like, oh, my gosh. Um, before we get to uh, Alan, I promise. Reset. Reset the safe room, Marsha. Reset the panic room. <laughs> to work with you and edit. Hey, real quick, though. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Never mind. Do it. No, show it. I wanted to share this. Carl, do you see this, buddy? Oh, yeah. Carl Merriam made this. 
probably a decade or more ago and gave it to me to hold on to until he returns from Denmark. And <laughs> I basically consider it mine, but it is a full-scale remake of Han Solo's Mauser-type pistol, and it is awesome, full with handle and sight and trigger that works, and I just thought you guys might like to see that. Carl, that anybody, is I want so to cool, Alan. I, the, the video went out. You, did you oh. say you got that in Denmark at the level? No, no, no. I said oh. Carl made this a long time ago, and he gave it to me to hold oh. on to until he returns from Denmark. Why are wow. you in Denmark, Carl? For those who don't know, why are you in Denmark? Uh, so, um, actually, almost seven years ago now, I got a job as a uh, Lego product designer. So I've been, uh, you know, making uh, Lego toys uh, for the last seven years. It's been beyond a dream, really. I mean, I, I don't. Oh I don't, my god! I don't, I don't go to work anymore. I just go go play with Lego and uh, and come home. You just laughing. continued your childhood, like everybody would love to do. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so, Justin, I'm going to ask about Fresnos later. i got to ask Alan about, because I'll come back to you, Carl, in Denmark. Alan, what was your highlight? You don't look anything like Jenica. So was it uh, your highlight, yeah. you know, makeup and hair? Is that what you focus on mostly? Um, for this meeting, yes. Uh, I, tried, I tried to do my best. To look like Jenica Schwartzman, but <laughs> okay. It's so all right. It's okay. Let, let, let's move on to the next question. I'm kind of disturbed by the whole thing. I thought I looked pretty good. <laughs> tell me, Alan. Tell, yes. tell me what what you loved about playing Max and uh, the creative process you had with Justin and Ian. Well, well, for the first. Uh, let me just make sure everybody knows that I was opposed to doing this movie with Justin from the get-go. He told me he had this role for me. I said, I don't want to do it. And he said, well, too bad. I want you to. Uh, and literally all the way up until the day before we, we started shooting, I called him the day before we started shooting. And I said, Justin, I don't want to do it. Have somebody else do it. I'm not in. And he said, it's, it's you. It has to be you. And I won't accept no for an answer. So I went to set and just uh, didn't act at all. I just... I just said what he wanted me to say, and uh, in fact, and why didn't you want to do it? Why didn't yeah, you want to do it? Yeah, I didn't want to do it. But once why? I got there, once I got there, I was even more upset that I was doing it. <laughs> you are joking. Yeah, assuming, no, of right? course, of course, I'm joking. My favorite thing about uh, playing that part was that uh, I just didn't have to act at all. I just, I was just myself the whole time, and I just thought about other things in my life that might piss me off. And I put that in Max Grand's situation, and I just complained like I do in life. I just bitched about stuff, and it worked out great. And everyone thought it was great, but I guess they didn't know that I'm just great because I was just being myself. No, how was it my working favorite, with Anthony? That's my favorite description of acting ever, the most indignant. I don't know. I just show up and say what he wants me to say. That's what yeah, I did. I know. I know. What did I you guys do? Yeah, I know, right? Because because. That, that's exactly how it went. Hey, rocket science, guys. This ain't rocket science, all right? We just show up, and we say what the dude in the hat wants us to say, yeah. and then you go home. And another thing about working on the movie, everyone was great except for Justin. He was a total prick the whole time. I'm, <laughs> I don't I'm think just, so. Yeah. No, so it was like, great. 
What was it like working with Ricky Six and Anthony and the character and keeping a straight face and having that ending? How well, did you I feel? I, didn't, I don't think Anthony's funny, so I didn't really have any problem keeping a straight face. I, okay. uh, I, had, a, I okay. had a great time. Just I pretty much didn't even recognize and notice that he was there most of the shoot. Okay, for those that are listening that don't know, all these guys are really good friends, especially after being on the set. Uh, that Alan, anything you want to add that you okay. would change? Obviously, you would probably not want the movie if taken eleven years to be finished, right? Well, can I can I just quit joking for a second and say okay. I loved working on the movie. Justin okay. was awesome. Robin was awesome. Everyone was awesome. Anthony still wasn't all that great, but <laughs> no, it was awesome. I had a great time, and uh, I'm very happy that uh, Justin made me do it. And, oh, good. Uh, Are you an actor in real life? Because I know not everybody is an actor. And what's well, next I, for you? Uh, I've never shopped myself as an actor. I don't have a head shop, but I get more acting gigs than most of the actors around. Okay. <laughs> and that's a fact. True. Well, good so, to know when we true. finally get so, our Netflix you, series. I'll remember you. You. Yeah. you guys call me an actor. I don't call myself one. That's how it works. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Justin, did you see a couple of things? And I see somebody's answering where you can get the movie, what yeah. is next for everybody. What I do want to talk about is Fresno. So I feel like, so until you've gone, Fresno gets a bad rap and the story, and I know I've grown up in only big cities. But when you get to Fresno, I've had such an amazing experience in Fresno, and I know so many people from Fresno, thanks to Justin. So I felt like Fresno had its own character. Justin, would you agree with that? And I don't know, Alan, are you from Fresno? Uh, yes, I am. So didn't um, you feel the Fresno character in this movie in the best of sense of the down-to-earth people? And I don't know, I just really, I, I felt like it showed the best of Fresno. It wasn't always cinematic of Fresno, but it had the feeling, the good part of Fresno that I love. You know, I think it just, it felt more like, uh, like real life more than it did any particular town. Um, mm -hmm. I can't say it was Fresno. Or, I mean, the way I see the world, it's the same world everywhere we go, just with different shaped buildings. So I, mm. uh, I, I felt like everybody was genuine. And whenever I do go back and rewatch it, um, I still feel like that. Great answer. Uh, Justin, you want to add to this? I felt like a big community, and that's what we were going for. And we wanted it to be a small enough town that it was a little odd. You know, within the movie, we're trying to make it um, – there's a scene between uh, Ian and I, and we're talking about why it happens to be in Fresno this year. And, it, and that's because in within the realm, that is where Max Grant's character from, is from, and that's where he lives mm -hmm. and all that. So that tied it. And so we're like, why are we in this podunk town? And you're like, oh, because it's going to be face-to-face -face with him getting his record eclipsed, basically is what – is happening so a little more explanation that would be needed but that was why it was there and we wanted it to not feel like i don't know detroit or los angeles or you know a big city or something we wanted it to to be um a little smaller and a little like wait why is this happening here and then to have some of that come through oh hopefully we'll and, and, and i felt that that added to the movie significantly maybe i'm just too big city most of the time but i felt like that's what made it unique it was real america and it was real people. And I, that transitions to my next question about the audience uh, for the big event, uh, you know, the big competition. How did you get all those people in that room? It couldn't have been easy. 
every single person you see in a shot is the entirety of everyone who's in the building. <laughs> like we were hiding it as well as we possibly could. I wish I had the, um, it, when we, when we put this on YouTube, we'll put the flow chart. I made a flow chart, which is this ridiculous thing say, cause we had like four days to fill of people at specific times. And so we basically put like shifts on there and we said like, if you're this and this and you can show up then, then be here then for sure. But if you can't, then show up here. And we had like nine different sections of when people could show up. Wasn't the school empty? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was. So then you gave them time periods of when yeah. they would, should come, of real people. When you're right? just hoping. they're not extras. No, no, no. No, no, we're robotic. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of robots there. Um, we were just brother. hoping that they showed up. What's that, Carl? Well, I said one of them was my brother, I think. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a good role in it, too. He's one of the toughs. <laughs> He's, the, he, he, I love it because Carl's brother is a taller dude and um, he's the one that like sort of accosts uh, Seth at one point and he's like this fictitious bricks, um, the, the muscle of the bricks world needs to put, put him back in his place, which is so ridiculous. So uh, did I get everybody because the person that's missing is the guy that runs Windsong and he was so funny in that bathroom. What's the guy's name? Why am I going blank on his Byron. name? Today? Yeah, By Byron, oh is, Byron wasn't here and he's just fantastic in that he moment. He was yeah. so funny in that bathroom scene, but you shot that bathroom scene afterwards, right? That no, was that, was all, that was all during the time. I might have been oh or God. something. But, um, he, he was so funny. He was another completely... The second bathroom scene. When he's in with Carl, you're referring to. Yeah, that might yeah. have been later. That might have been after other things. Yeah. I don't okay. set that camera up. I set the toilet cam up for that specifically. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to know. Okay. It's very true. So I don't know how much more time... And he really took to a dump in that bathroom. He took a real dump in that bathroom. That's a real dump. <laughs> it's a real... You, it was a real... trying to keep this classy, well, I think it's important that people know. It was a real bathroom. It was a real dump. It was all real. All things real. It's the this is a documentary. This was a real thing that happened. No, it wasn't. Justin, yes. I don't know what the timing is, but I would love everybody to give their favorite Tilt moment because Tilt must be here let's, in spirit. You just let's can't. do a, a couple things. Yes, absolutely. Let's get to that. I also want to, well, there's $50 to give away the gift certificate. So I need to do that before we get too far along. Um, and uh, our sponsor is ShootStopVideo. We haven't even referenced ShootStopVideo. That's my fault today. But um, talking about the website, that is for any video production professional out there, anyone in the video production realm, to get on there and go to ShootStopVideo and set up uh, your own account so that other people can find you and give you references, referrals, and then you can give other people referrals. It's really easy. Anyway. Is that what shoot I need video? Shoots.video. Yeah, everyone's shoots talking about it. ShootStopVideo. It's not Hootstop.video. Oh, Shoots. Shoots.video. Yes. Yeah, yeah. S-H-O-O-T. I've heard of that. That's pretty great. Dot video. Shoots. That's video. Ours, dude. Yeah, we did it. So, um, video. It's We're giving out a $50 gift certificate today. Um, what you need to do is go to the Shoots.video page and find the newest recently added member of the site. Do this right oh, now. No. Because what you're going to do is come back here and in the chat, you're going to write down the newest recently added member of the site. So whoever types that in first is going to win. And uh, Anthony, give me some, some music to set the stage here for this thing that's going to happen. Uh, you, you want me to sing? Yeah, yeah. Just, or, or just, you know, make music with your mouth. <sighs> I, <laughs> you definitely didn't pay. I, you didn't pay for the singing package. Um... Alan, let me hear from you. I just, I, da, 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 I can't hear him. 
so much on mute. So on mute. It's so. Go, on mute. go to the shoots.video page. Shoots.video? The newest recently added member of the site. Shoots.video. Uh, where do you find the most recently added member to the site? Shoots.video. Just scroll down. So and you will see recently added top 10 video production services. And then I believe, I believe Greg Amaro has it. Shoots. Is that Are you guys talking about shoots.video? Shoots.video. Am I Greg Amaro is the winner. Is this a, is this a commercial now? Greg Amaro. <laughs> Am I Greg Amaro won 50 bucks. No, it's over now, Carl. It's over. I'm trapped. Right? It was I'm trapped in a commercial. Long. Hey, Carl. Carl. All right, Greg Amaro wins $50. Great job. Carl. Hello? From Denmark, will you just show us your, you have so many Legos behind you. Will you just show us one thing that you just did recently in Denmark that we would have never seen? Oh my God. <laughs> show us the one you used to kill that guy in the hotel. The hotel. I got that. Can you see this? <gasps> yes. That oh, is that's a, neat. What is it? What is it? I'm fascinated. It's like a, it's like a haunted house. I got to get it further away here. Hold on. Oh my God! And you just designed that for yourself or for actual no, no, Legos? No, this, this is a, this is a Lego product. You can buy this in the shops. Shop.lego.com. Shop.lego.com. Just talking about shop.lego.com. Shop.lego.com. Video? Only two hundred and fifty dollars. See, you just up. built. You look at oh, oh, my God! You got uh, spooky skeletons in there and all okay. kinds of so nonsense. Cool. Any video cameras in there? You know, something you might find at uh, shoot.video? Shop.lego.com. <laughs> and then you, get, you go, you got can a little you put elevator a link that goes in, in the there. chat so I can grab You have an elevator? Yeah, wait, 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 whoa, that's awesome, man. Ah, that's great. So that cool. It's cool. shop.lego.com. Available now at shop.lego.com. Done. And you that's created great. that. <laughs> Uh, the lead hey, Justin, on that product. That hey, Justin, can you put the link to that on Shoot that, Shoot that video? Yeah, yeah, it's already up. It's, it's one of our major sponsors. <laughs> okay. Can we go to the tilt moment? Can I start um, with my favorite tilt moment? For those of oh. you that have not seen Bardo Blues, that was written by Anthony Taylor, that was shot by Justin and Ian McAleese. Please go to Amazon. It's on Prime Free. Sorry, I just did my plug. And I'm really proud of it. We won over 40 awards. So it's called Bardo, B-A-R-D-O-B-L-U-E-S. And Tilt actually plays the guy that um, meets the character Jack and is a drug dealer. But in this movie called Brick Madness, my favorite moment, and I swear to God, Justin, you showed me it right after you were like in your first edit, was when he's going up that escalator. And it was totally improv. And I'm now watching it maybe the fourth time because I saw your first cut, but I had seen a few times when you had shot in and was laughing so hard. So now I'm watching it the other night. So I know it, right? And I, am, I have tears coming down my face. Can you tell us about doing that scene and how he improv that? It, it was beyond. Yeah, we brought, we brought Tilt along. He was going to be part of the shoot because we were doing some Wyatt, a bunch of Wyatt scenes actually um, over at Santa Clara at the Bricks by the Bay. And so we were he was on a constant quest to work himself into shots. He was not supposed <laughs> to be in that scene at all. He was not in part real of it. Life. No, in not, real not life. a bit in, in real life. And he just like started being in it. And apparently he thought I was a pushover enough to where I was just going to let him do whatever the hell he wanted in the back of the shot. And then obviously the other actors, 
uh, Matt and Laura are so good that they played along and they made they it make kept sense. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they didn't break. So they didn't do any of that stuff. And so it was it was my favorite part of the you know whole shoot up until then because it was just so brilliant and I had nothing to do with it. That was my favorite part of it. I think is that he just made it happen. And, and but he sat moment, on the escalator trying to go up backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting and his hands it's just up. Brilliant. He's and, just brilliant. And, and he was so present and real. He's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. And it was just beautiful. Um, let's take so so Tyree along with a number of other people actually. Uh, you know, when you're making a movie over the course of 11 years, other people that are in the movie as well have passed on. Um, Ron Blackwell, oh. uh, Carolyn Devore, what? Mike Arrow. You know, a few people, for one reason or another, uh, have passed on, um, and Tilt Tyree, especially. Oh, I'm, if I'm so missing sorry. Anyone, I apologize. But anyway, um, let's take 10 seconds and just, like, honor their memory, if we can. Because um, I, I felt like we had a beautiful family here, and I really just, you know, it's people I love. And people that I had such a great time with, and I, I think I speak for the rest of it, and um, my ex-wife, Nicole, and my brother, and, you know, that we were just infinitely grateful to be able to work with you guys and to be able to create stuff from nothing, you know, especially when we're talking about Tilt and people who are making up things on the spot to, like, go from nothing a second before to a thing that now hopefully will live on for a while and people buy the DVDs and all that and they get to watch it. And that's, um, you know, that's a special thing that not many people in the world get to be able to do. So no. um, I'm really happy about that. I think that's so beautiful to honor all those people that contributed. And can I share one thing about tilt? Yeah. Go for well, it. first of all, am I allowed to swear on this meeting or would you rather me keep it clean? Let's see. What time is it? You can swear in 50 seconds because the meeting's over. No, yeah, okay, yeah. say well, whatever you want, man. Say whatever you well, want. Well, when we went, when I met tilt, it was uh, after a day of shooting and everyone was eating dinner and, and I knew he was a funny guy. Everybody loved him. I hadn't met him before. So I wanted to approach him you know, in a special way. So he was sitting, he was texting on his phone at the restaurant. And I went up to him. I said, Hey, there's no texting in the restaurant, pal. And he didn't look at me. He didn't stop texting. He just said, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> and uh, it was perfect. And um, I had respect for him from that point on. Oh, that's beautiful. Anthony, I know you have so many stories because we wrote with Tilt with Planet M, which never was filmed because uh, Tilt's early passing. But uh, yeah. Anthony, what would be on Brick Madness, one of your favorite uh, memories of him? Well, Tilt, Tilt's uh, one of my soulmates. I know yeah. that. I'm, yeah. I'm very clear and uh, aware of that. And so obviously his passing was really devastating to me. And um, I think my, my two favorite Brick's Madness moments are after I saw, I, I was lucky enough to watch the filming of the escalator scene. And like, I think Laura uh, doesn't get enough credit for just sticking with it. Like, and I, I, I she's, she's great too. She's a wonderful actress. And like, I saw for her what a gift Tilt gave her um, to play with. Like, this is like, you know, cause she played this kind of mousy character anyway, a little bit. And like how she really enjoyed playing what it would be like for this weirdo to keep, like interrupting them and so what a gift that was but i remember right after that scene i was cracking jokes and kind of like what justin was saying like i'm like justin you're such a pushover like tilt's the funniest person we know i get it but like he's working his way into every freaking scene in your movie 
like seems he has no business being in it. He's just working his way in. And you're like, oh, no, it makes sense, though. I'm like, okay. Okay, but doesn't – and, like, and I was watching him work, and after I said that, he came over to me. He's like, yo, shut up. Like, it was – Clear that was real. Like he had a real moment with me where he's like, "Yo, uh, you want to keep it down? Like I'm making. I was given a part, yay big, and I'm gonna find my way into every scene of this film. Like that was a real human quest for Tilt, and he did it. And what's great about Tilt is he was doing it, and it and it. I mean, you hate the. He was making every scene better. Like it legitimately, not just funnier, better. Like they had, they were immediately more present because he was involved and so they were immediately better just for him being participating in it but my other great tilt memory is him and i looking at each other after deciding that we were going to be brothers for life and he was supposed to go back to la the following day but he was going to leave early he was just going to leave that night and go back he's like but i have the hotel do you just want to stay and write a pilot and i was like um is that something people do he's like yeah i think so i'm like all right, then, yeah, I'd like to do that. And I, we, we finished filming. It was, this, it was the autograph scene where we were filming. I remember we finished, I finished filming that, and I walked out, and he was there. He's like, all right, let's go. And I sat in a hotel room with him all night. We didn't sleep, and we wrote a pilot that, you know, you've probably seen it, right? No, of course you haven't. But um, it's still great. It's a great pilot about sure two fat great. actors called Big Time, about just two fat guys who are actors. Well, that experience was like something I will never, ever forget. Like, playing, you know, you felt like you were playing with someone who was just so much better than you. Like, just, it was so much more present, but never felt like he was rubbing it in your face. Like, at every moment was lifting you up. At every moment, like, had your back. Like, even though you knew this guy just had it, like, at a, you know, on a different level, he never made you feel like, like you were less than, and if anything, like revealed things about yourself that you were like, oh shit, I guess I do know how to do that. So, well, I mean, he that, can that's nail the stuff that I'll miss the room. most about him. A beautiful me uh, memory. He can nail anybody in the room, but not make you feel bad. Like he nailed me, you know, like on the set. Okay, Marcia, it has to be quiet. And he's so, uh, he was so humble about his talents and present so um anybody else want to add in beautiful memories anthony thank you everybody i helped with casting and um we called in people for lots of roles and every single time somebody came in red for wyatt because it was just something jenica needed us to like cast somebody justin very faithfully said no this is written for tilt when you meet tilt you'll understand and person after person after person i pitched to say we have to hire this actor he's phenomenal he's perfect for the role he really understands it and just be like you haven't met tilt you have you have no idea what we're talking about mm. you have, you, no person here could possibly be anywhere near the talent and the energy and the person that he's going to be and five minutes into meeting him i was like oh i 100% understand. <laughs> I was a complete idiot. And I'm also like really happy that Justin fought for him so much because I fought really hard against it because he was a stranger. I had no idea who he was. And as soon as oh, I, got I forgot you were in charge of the casting. I mixed that up. Yeah, you're the one that was pitching to Justin all those people. Yeah, I was trying to replace every single one of you <laughs> that nobody wanted to see with all these talented people. And then I met you and I was like, oh, gosh, Justin and Ian know exactly what we're doing. And I'm an idiot. 
it, wow. and, and not only not only that where it was everyone talented and i've said this before like i wouldn't we're going long but whatever it's my show um <laughs> uh, i i don't feel like and i this is honest to god truth i wouldn't replace anyone not just because you're looking at me but like i wouldn't replace anyone with a more famous version of a person who could play that role mm. i don't think that they would do a better job anyone well you could said. name in hollywood i don't like I just thought that you guys and the other people that aren't on the are, aren't on the call like brought something unique to it that would be better than any other counterpart would be. I wish you guys were all more famous so we could sell more copies. But aside from that, I would not trade <laughs> a single damn thing. So that's really that. well said, Justin. You <clears throat> hey, and you know what? You know what? It. You know what, Marsha? You said that you felt like this film like was like indicative of Fresno in some way, and I think the I think the problem is it's because you know us. And you know what this community looks like and feels like. And I think what you're feeling actually is just a group of people who give a shit about each other getting together to make something really freaking cool. And I think like you can feel that energy in every frame of this movie is that it's not necessarily that it's a location. It's the chip on the shoulder that Fresno's kind of always had and how they protect their own and how they came together. And like, because not everyone here is from Fresno. So wow. it's not about the location. I think it's just about the spirit that was kind of imbued in it from, you know, from Justin and Ian and, and, and everyone else that kind of like infected the whole process. I mean, when Reggie says there wasn't a single person on the set that like you hated, do you know how freaking rare that is? Like what? Like not even like what? Like, there's always one. There's always just one douchebag and like there wasn't one it was like everyone really did enjoy it. i mean except for except for Alan. this happened with me because of justin and ian again reggie was there for bardo blues planet m and uh american in amsterdam i mean justin i gotta give it to you 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 create a group of people that love working together and are all want to make something great but this was an ensemble that is so much harder it is so much harder to have that many actors. It it really is. That was, but what? A, that's a beautiful compliment, Anthony, uh, to Justin. No, I'm just and, lucky to and, find people that put up with me long enough. Eleven years. <laughs> so, and and to Carl, like he hasn't talked in a bit, but he would um, hit me up and tilt the two of them more than anyone, honestly, would email me or text me or message me or whatever, like every 30 days and be like, is it done yet? Is it done yet? When's the movie coming out? Can I see it on Prime yet? Like all the time. And that actually helped a lot. It made me feel terrible, which was good. That's what I needed at the time. But it would have been 10 years from now if it weren't for them prodding me constantly. The Tilt how, how do you feel about that? At Fresno, right? He was there in Fresno, Justin? Hold on. What was that, Carl? I was saying, I, I just, I, I need to get that Blu-ray, then I can just never talk to you again. That's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah. go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Justin, Tilt saw the, the first cut, the second cut. Do you go to the one in uh, Fresno? When when did Tilt see Brick Mammoth? I don't, he, Robin Reggie, he did not come to Fresno, right? I was holding out to do an LA screening. And it, that didn't happen for a variety of reasons. And so I don't really remember. I don't know. I, I mean, I gave him, I gave him a copy. Um, oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later after the fact and everything, I brought him a DVD. So okay. I'm sure he That's saw it. That's all I care to hear. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That he saw yeah. it. Yeah. And I hope all the other people that unfortunately passed saw your yeah. work. 
I'm going to, I'm going to do an ending and then we can continue talking for a little while. If you guys get a bounce, that's fine. But I love this more than anything. Okay. So I want to keep talking. But, um, anyway, this was brought to you today by shoot stop video. It's a website. Um, we're trying to digitize word of mouth referrals and get uh, video production professionals to go there and sign up and refer each other and find lots of jobs. Um, that's how we hire. And that's how a lot of other video production companies are starting to hire. So, uh, we urge you to go there and check it out. That would be really great. And hey, come with that us shoot next time. Video? That shoot.video? Yeah, what'd you call it? Shoot.video? That's the site, yes. Are you guys talking about shoot.video? I am. I do happen Shop. to be talking Shop. about Lego.com. Carl, <laughs> it's a trillion dollar company, all right? Can you give hey, the little guy a chance come on. for a second? Are you over there just like just peddling Lego on the street? Just handing out little little poly bags, hoping to make a couple bucks to feed your kid? Is that yes. what's going on here? Because that's, that's what I'm doing. Shop.lego.com. If he sells enough, they give him a trip to Norway. <laughs> oh, the snowy north. Good for you, Carl. We're, Not we're, very we're far. hoping for you. Anyway, so anyone else who wants to <laughs> – oh, he made it. Good job. Thank you, Alan. Um, you, Laura couldn't be here. Uh, she's having a baby. I don't know if you oh. guys know that. But, yeah, Laura, oh. who plays um, Delilah White, um, couldn't be here. And then also uh, uh, Maddie was supposed to be on today, and he couldn't be right now. Um, something happened with this thing. And your cat is also here, Robin Stefan. That's pretty cool. Did you know um, that you can Zoom while you're pregnant? <laughs> So that's that's um that's a wives tale. That is not true. We are not mad at Laura. It, it's Robin and Reggie. too much EMF. Robin, <laughs> let, let, let's let's Rob, introduce our wait, kitties wait. to each other, oh, buddy. Good Come God! On. Come on. This is it's gone off the rails. Oh, Anyone who gets wants to get out, cat. feel fine to get out. All right. Now, Robin and Reggie, I do have a question. Do you guys remember when you had the room here in Fresno, and then Matt slept? I don't know if he slept in the same bed with you guys or in the room or exactly how that happened because I was too cheap to get another room. And I think you guys only had one bed. I've been telling this story completely incorrectly on all these podcasts, but I want to hear it from your point of view. What exactly happened that night? What? <laughs> okay, good. Uh, we hooked up. We hooked good up. Talk. Good talk. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> what? What did you say? Wait, no. was that an event? Wait, what no. happened? They didn't want to. Um, sorry, hold on. Um, no, because Matt was there and I got one room for you guys, for you two, and then one room for Matt and, um, Tilt and Matt was in there and it was late. And I was like, what are you doing, man? Are you setting up shop? What happened here? Anyway, it didn't, I didn't know what was happening and Matt was going to sleep in your guys' room. And I was like, what's going on? He's like, oh, I'm not sleeping with Tilt. And I was like, dude, what's wrong? He's like, yeah. that guy snores, snores so loud. There's yeah. no possibility I'm sleeping with yeah. that guy. And I was like, Oh, I yep. can get you another room. Well, maybe not. I probably don't have money for that, but can I do something? He's like, nah, man, it's fine. Don't, worry, don't even worry about it. So it's let me fine. give some history on a lot of the people involved here too. So everybody knows. I don't know if Marsha does as well, but so obviously Reggie and I have been doing improv for a long time and we met Tilt through that, but Tilt also lived with Reggie and I for a period of time. So oh, I didn't know that. And I can vouch for that. Tilt snores very much. <laughs> um, but also Maddie is very close with us because uh i worked the first film i ever did was on a a movie where i met justin and matt was also one of the actors on that so matt justin and i were, were very close anyway so it made sense that matt would come try to crash in our room because we were all just friends already by the point of getting into the movie yeah 
So that's, oh, man. I, I love the cat's tail, but I'm telling you, I heard about tilt snoring on Bardo Blues. People are like, I am not even having a room next to his room because he snores so much. And I, I couldn't deal with the situation. I, I don't know. I don't. Marsha, I don't know if you are familiar with the apartments of Park La Brea, but they're made no, of yeah, cinder yeah. blocks. Yeah, yeah, like, right you still live right there, by the way. Your next door, yeah, so your, ne your next door neighbor could be throwing a raging party and you won't hear your next door neighbor. And Tilt was staying downstairs, and my room was the farthest you could probably be for sound away from Tilt. Like, it had to go around so many corners and up the stairs and everything. And my girlfriend at the time was a pretty light sleeper, and she, like, she just wouldn't stay over during that time because you could, he it was like he was standing on the other side of the door snoring. Like he was the loudest snore I've ever heard in my entire life. It was insane. Yeah. There you go. What's your tilt memory, Reggie? I haven't heard you say something. I mean, you did in the beginning. Is there any other tilt memory uh, on Brick Madness? Obviously the escalator scene. Um, uh, I was doing sound. I was, I was the boom operator for that moment and I had to stay, very i had to stay up against this giant pillar because you can't you kind of can't see there's a big round pillar uh that they're sitting next to in the chair that, that um laura and uh matt were sitting next to or, or no i totally remember that there. actually yeah yeah and so i'm i'm trying to hold the boom pole up over my head and get the audio of them but if i move too much i'm gonna either end up in the shot which wasn't a big deal because i was part of the crew or i'm gonna cast a boom chat or whatever and i've never done this before and tilt pops out of nowhere and and matt in character or seth says to him like oh hey we're trying to win and he just goes shut up seth i'm talking to delilah and i just lost it i lost it like i couldn't i thought i was gonna like drop the boom pole it's not even heavy and i, was, I thought i was gonna drop it i was i was trying not to laugh like i was gonna audibly laugh and ruin the sound when i was the guy that was supposed to be worried about not ruining the sound and i just I couldn't even remember. And then my other second favorite tilt ever was from Bardo Blues when <laughs> we were having dinner at the end of the night and he was just doing impressions of you uh, for no reason. I don't know why. Well, no, are we talking about when we were in Malibu or in Thailand? I'm pretty sure we were in Thailand and he sent a video making fun of you and you sent it to all of us. You're the one that sent it to me. That's how I saw it. I, was, I, I, I remember him doing it. And he was just doing an impression of Oh, like, no, Justin found it. Like, Justin, you found the video yeah. and sent it. Yeah. Yeah, there was yeah. the one where he was making, yeah, it was making fun of her slash the whole movie up until that point because we tried yeah, everything exactly. in order. So <laughs> it looked like the entire movie was just going to be two people yeah. at the Riverside talking basically the exact same <laughs> conversation. That's what it, that's what it yeah. felt like. That's and that wasn't true once you cut it all up, <laughs> but that's what it felt like. And yeah. yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. He was the best. No, he was no so funny that last night at Barta Blues in Malibu. I'll just never forget it. I am literally falling apart in laughter. I will never forget it when we had Thai food in Malibu. What he, I, he was like a stand-up comedian. Uh, we all know this. Um, but, oh, my gosh. I, I'm lost for words right now. You know what's crazy about that first moment, Reggie, is because you were, you were the crew. <laughs> and you were... But you also had to play the crew, you know, like, so there were, there were levels. Well, and I got my job through shoots.video, guys, shoots.video.com. Shoots Is that shoots.video? I got no, my job you. on uh, jobs.lego.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carl, Lego um, is really doing well. I'm glad, Carl, you're doing well. 
Do you, uh, question, quick question. Robin, Reggie, do you guys remember when we were at Bricks by the Bay and um, you guys went to go get dinner the first night? Oh, uh, no. Ba- okay, so what I <laughs> you remember. You guys remember when you had a meal? Do you guys remember that time shut where. Shut up, shut up. There was like a time and you were like hungry and then maybe you found a place that had food? No, see, because that's how the story doesn't go. If you remember the story, it's that they went to, I gave them a credit card or cash or something, and they went to Dave and Buster's. There was like six or eight of them, and I was working on the script. I was there in the hotel room with Nicole or whatever it was, and you guys all went out to go. We had, had Taco Bell earlier that day. You guys went out to go get dinner, and you went to Dave and Buster's, and then you thought it was too expensive. You didn't want to spend all my hard-earned cash at Dave and Buster's because that place, we know that's tip-top. And so you decided to go somewhere else. That other place was Denny's. And then you went to Denny's and you realized that you wouldn't ever be able to be served because you guys were in a city with a whole, but with a Lego convention at the time. And so you ended up at two o'clock in the morning going to Taco Bell again for your dinner because you were trying to save me a couple bucks. That's what I remember. Does any of you remember? Did I, I make this up? I, I yeah. do remember. Yeah. yeah. I was there, but I was really mad. I don't know what happened. Does anybody remember any, why this happened? I, I, I think the main thing was that Justin only gave us $3. <laughs> yeah. His card kept declining, and it was like, what was it, like $15 worth of Taco Bell? It just kept declining, declining, declining. Like, what are you supposed to do? So you can find a good craft service person for your shoot at shoot.video. <laughs> yeah, that's the story I remember. I don't remember why we were mad, but I do remember that, yeah, it, it became a... <clears throat> it became a priority for us to try to not spend all your money. So. I appreciate that. I, I remember it every day. I was like, man, when they save me eight bucks by not going to, uh, I'm a producer on it in that time. I'm afraid that this could have been my fault somehow. So I'm really sorry if I was the one who was like, fuck this. We don't have that kind of cash. I'm so sorry. I, just I don't know. know. You don't have to worry so about Justin, it. Justin, I actually wanted to ask you about the budget. I don't know if you, it's recording for um, the large group of people yet. But I just thought what you did with no money was nothing less than remarkable. I mean, I am always talking about having no money, but I have a little bit of money for my product. You had zero, you did more favors than I think anybody, right? I mean, I think that was pretty, could you describe a little bit of the favors you did or asked? Yeah, in detail, describe all of the favors you did for money, Justin, ever, go. <laughs> I said that wrong. Thank you, Anthony. I, <clears throat> I, Jenica, do you know what scale is? I mean, not what the term means, but like what, what amount of money that would be? What scale? Oh, Isn't it 300 right something? 200, but, but used yeah. to be 150 or 125. Yeah, one, yeah exactly. 10 years ago yeah. would have been 125. Okay. So I don't believe anyone on this movie got paid that much per day. So everyone was here. And probably some people didn't get paid at all. And I, I don't know. I'm just grateful that they wanted to be a part of it and that they wanted to help and that they wanted to, that Carl spent a million hours working on Lego along with uh, Jason Wada and other people. And I, I don't know. It just worked out that way. I, I asked and we all thought we were going to have fun and we just loved being part of the process, I hope. And yeah, so, so, but also like, I didn't you get most locations free? I mean, didn't you? Yeah, I called, there's another story. I, most of you guys don't know this. Um, <clears throat> the day before we went to go shoot at um, Max Grant's house, 
let's see, five days before that, I called up the guy who lived there. I called Mike and I was like, hey man, can we use your house? I, need, I have this shoot um, for Brick Madness. We, we need to go shoot there. And he's like, I don't, I don't probably not. I don't know. I'm not, I, my wife's kind of, I'll have to ask her, but probably not. I tried to find a location, didn't do a very good job because we were shooting the rest of the time. I texted him the night before and I was like, hey man, we'll see you at seven. Like not actually getting any sort of ability to shoot there. And that was maybe the worst thing I've done on or off set. And we, he was like, no, 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 I said you couldn't. And I was like, oh, sorry, man, I messed up. My mistake. We'll be there at seven, maybe eight. Is eight cool? And he's like, okay, I guess I'll see you at eight. And so we showed up and shot. And so, yeah, wow, that was that. some of the locations came in bad manners like that. And I apologize to him for that. But, um, but yeah. he loved the movie, right? I believe so. Yeah. It, Mike is one of the people that passed on. So he's not around for that anymore, but he was a lovely human being. And that, um, I don't know, that's what I remember from the thing. I mean, he, I was a jerk in that moment and he was a great person for letting me be a jerk and just sort of like. Well, you were also a desperate indie filmmaker without enough money. So another thing is, what about how many days did you shoot the film? How many days did it take? We probably shot in the course of. 30 days but we've probably only shot like 12 actual scheduled days something like that maybe 10 i'm not exactly sure now so would you do 10 days and then work and edit or would you go back to another job for your company and then come back to shoot yeah it was very broken up it was over the course of like you know i literally shot something for it uh a month ago two months ago whenever it was i got a wow so 10 days to make that movie that's not a lot of time yeah somewhere about somewhere thereabouts i mean we were very efficient and we only did like three takes per thing usually like we just didn't have more time. I than know. Yeah. And then how many hours do you think editing you spent? Oh, um, I, I have no idea. I, I like to say, I like to say that, you know how they say, if you're, um, if you spend 10,000 hours at something, you're an expert. I am definitely an expert at this movie. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell would be proud. That's what I would say. I don't uh, know. It shows. <laughs> anyway, a thousand uh, hour. any, yeah. any other questions from people out Working with this team was such a blessing and getting to know every single one of these people. I have never encountered a project since then where I didn't want to be able to bring people on board or want to be able to reach out or include people because, um, again, the sharp, witty, charming, wonderful, uh, great attitude can't believe you're working under such terrible conditions with such a positive attitude for this many hours like people is super rare in this industry. And I slowly went from um, acting and producing and now distribution and being able to bring this project across the finish line with my distribution company now is like the most like heartwarming, cozy thing I could possibly imagine because I feel like I'm giving a gift that I just wanted to give you guys so much is so anybody could have done it. Anybody could have taken it past there, but I wanted to because I wanted to do this with you guys and I wanted to watch it in a different world in a less dark timeline we would be watching this in a theater together and we would be having a blast for probably 48 hours straight afterwards so um that was what i imagined in a different world yeah so congratulations for what you guys have done in putting this out there congratulations yeah robin a couple behind the scenes kind of things that people don't often you know we get to hear these stories um two things that stick out to me a lot behind the scenes wise 
um, is we had like these two mini kind of games going on that um, I don't know how many people even knew that those were going on. But one at the time, this was what you know, 11 years ago or however long ago it was. Uh, that game for for your phone had just come out where you were would you were draw things and then other people had like you would send the picture it was like a, like a pictionary draw thing something. draw the picture and your friends would try to guess what it was oh man we we had a lot of that going on like during downtime from the camera like we we would say okay Justin would be like cut and then like you'd see half the people like pull out their phone and like try to guess what was going on like we were like having that mini game going on. Um, I think I was like a pissed off dad at one point. I hey, put on your damn video phones. Put oh, yeah. put your machines down. We're making a movie here. Oh yeah, we were playing that ton, like with Blake hooks and everything. Like we were, we were just obsessed with that. Um, and then I wish Matt was here to talk about this one with me. Um, I, at some point, we found like this little dinosaur head, like this little T Rex Lego dinosaur head or something, and like in between some takes. Like we, like I know Reggie, myself, and like Matt would run off and like make these little mini movies with this thing, like where we would have like these little dinosaur attack movies that we were making here and there for just no reason, just like while we had downtime. So I think I still have some on my phone, and I should send them to you. Um, But yeah, we would just like shoot them off in a corner where like we would attack each other, like make these little movies with this dinosaur head, and I don't know. Those we, we did like the. We did the scene from Jurassic Park where the guy's like trying to find the raptor and it comes through the bush and he says, clever girl. Like we were, and it's like the tiniest, it's just on the end of your finger and we're like, oh no, it's like clever girl. It was just, it was completely asinine, completely asinine. Yeah, I think I still have that little head somewhere. I should look for it. But yeah, we would just make those little tiny movies um, when we were, when we had the free time. So, but those little things, I mean, they just keep you creative and they keep you going like while things are happening and we could just go run off and do them somewhere. So that was really. Fun. Remember when this, when when Justin first brought, like brought the 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 concept of the idea of the movie up, and I remember I'm, I looked at him like, does this really happen? Like, what you're describing is that like a real thing? Because I was so not connected to the culture, and then and then when he when he said when we just when he decided that he wanted me to play this part, it scared the shit out of me because I was like, oh no, like the as someone who like has loves my own niche nerdy things like i love dnd i'm a marching band guy i love sci-fi i love star trek like it would it it, the idea that someone else would portray my thing and like really like have no authenticity to it or that it would just come across as like dipshittery like really scared me like big time and i think like for me like the biggest gift of the movie was carl because carl was like really the heart and soul of the whole thing, like, it wasn't just about, like, us as actors loving this thing. Like, Carl's love and, like, tangible passion for this thing that we were all portraying, I felt like, for me, immediately made it feel like I wasn't making fun of this thing, which I never wanted to do. But it, like, protected me from that because he was that driving force. And then, for me as the actor to get the gift of that monologue where he talks about how we used to be tight and I betrayed him. Like as someone who wasn't, didn't really think I was very much of an actor. I was like, wow, what a great gift that was because it, it, it made it so I didn't have to come up with any backstory, like to understand this guy. And it made Ricky, who is so easily a caricature, like immediately have heart, like immediately have like an insecure story that this whole crazy thing is born out of a desperate need to be accepted 
And when he found that one thing, he just kind of like went all in. And so that's all, that's all from Carl's like groundwork. All of that is born out of his passion and his love for it. And I think like, I don't, I don't think that should go like unnoticed because I know for me, for someone who was so paranoid, I'm like, Oh man, like I'm going to find myself in a, in a Lego dark alleyway one day. And someone's going to be like, you fucking made fun of my thing. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I did. And then I'd have to just take it. They just beat me up with like a Lego fist. It'd be bad. All sharp edges. And, uh, so yeah, I was so deeply appreciative of that because I feel like that that kind of like co-signed everything was coming from that place of like there's someone who really loves this shit behind this, and so it made it easy to find the love and not fear that you were going to fall into a place of an easy laugh for a laugh's sake. Um, so I'm I'm appreciative of you, of you, Carl. I miss, I miss your stupid face. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I think, I think you make a really good point about how, like, when you want to have fun with something, if you're, everyone is on the outside of that thing, it's very easy to just make like, uh, jokes that are either just don't make any sense or they're actually just offensive to those people. But, uh, we have actually watched, uh, an earlier cut of the movie with a lot of uh, people that work at Lego and they really enjoyed it a lot. So. They're, they keep asking me when I'm going to get the the final one so we can all watch it. And uh, I still I say stuff from the movie at work all the time. I love to to yell the uh, of course Jello. That's one of my favorites. Which yeah yeah, which is a good setup by my ex wife Nicole. Right, that's the last <laughs> joke in the movie. She did a good job. She's only in the movie for ten seconds, so she got a good line or a good setup at least for uh, for Ricky's great line. Um, and then of course the. Uh, Sorry, I was just going to say, I think the best part is that uh, you're going to be able to purchase the Blu-ray uh, DVD, or the Blu-ray of Rick Madness on shop.lego.com. So make sure you go to shop.lego.com. Oh, man. If that's yeah, sorry, we, we cannot confirm or deny oh, that. Uh, the, the Lego Corporation is uh, they're pulling out my internet connection as we speak. <laughs> I read that that was true on shoots.video. Oh, shoots.video. Yeah, shoots.video. All right, this is getting silly. Um, one thing quick about Carl was um, we're like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good at Lego. He's, he seems really good. Stuff's cool. And then we went to the first, I believe it was the first um, Bricks by the Bay, and he was there, and you'd actually entered a bunch of stuff, things that you'd built over the years. And then you won, like, every award. And we were sort of walking around we're like, yeah, dude, that's our boy. We brought that dude. He's here with us, and that, which was the opposite. We were there with him, but still, we we took some ownership over. Like we're like, no, he's legit. We knew it, and and it was it was really funny. How did you find Carl, Justin? Um, I looked to my left, like eight yeah. feet. Yeah, because uh, he was editing. I, he worked for us. Yeah, I was in production for quite a few years, so I actually. Oh wow! My, and my you were doing this, and now you're in the dream job. Yeah, and what's just weird is that actually. Um, I've done some production stuff for Lego. So there's a few videos that I, that I shot uh, and also uh, like some photos in the, in the building instruction books that I've shot over the, over the years. So I used, I used some of my production skills for the yeah. Lego group. He's wow. good. At that. He's good at so many things. Um, all right. We're half an hour officially over. So <laughs> I think I'm going to cut it short or cut it long here. Cut it long. And, um, and call Is it there going to be a recording of this on Video? Yeah, there is. And on YouTube. You know what the YouTube channel name is? 
shop.lego. Ah, uh, <laughs> I've been paying attention to that video. Shop video at lego.shoots. Um, yeah, that's where we Can I be. just say thank you, Justin, for including me? I, it was so fun to see people I haven't seen and then to be able to think about Tilt tonight. And I know Jason, our editor, is watching. I just, it, what a special night. I, I, you just asked me to do this, and I'm just, I feel so warm in my heart. So thank you. Can I tell you one more? Can I tell you one thing, Justin, that only this group might actually know if you were at Bricks by the Bay? Do you guys remember the, that, uh, the Battle of the Ents structure that was there? They had built the whole tower of – it was, like, insane. It was, like five and a half feet tall on top of a table, so it was, like – Yeah, we had watched them kind of build it, right? They brought it in in sections, and they were kind of putting it together. I, had a great, I have a great memory of – and the only people who had actually, who had actually seen how big that thing was would get this. But I was standing there with Tilt looking at it, just kind of, like, taking it all in once it was put together, and it was just insanely epic. And, um, I, just, and I remember just looking at it with him, and I just went – Wow. And he goes, um, he said, I didn't, I didn't think it was that big. Like, you're thinking of, like, the whole battle is what he meant, like, the story. I didn't think it was that big. And I just looked at him. I said, too soon, man. Too soon. <laughs> and we made each other laugh about that, like, the idea of, like, too sooning the battle of the Ents from, from Lord of the Rings. It's just so stupid. But, like, that, that literally tickled us for years, forever. Like, you could just look at the other one and go, too soon, man. And we knew exactly what we were talking about. The freaking Lego battle of the end structure at Bricks by the Bay. It's insane. So stupid. That's going um, to be it, Marsha. Thank you so much for hosting this, for putting this together. And um, yeah, I love you all. And I am happy to, uh, to have been able to do this. Um, there is a, there's a address in there so you can go buy the DVD, buy the the Brickmaster edition. You could even see Ricky's face. That's going to be out of focus, but it's pretty great. That's a, that's a magnet that'll attach to stuff. There's a bunch of other things in there and it's super fun. So, and are um, you going to post this zoom link on your page? So those that missed it on my page can yeah, shoot stuff video, Marsha, get it together. When you come out of your panic room, wherever that is, Marsha, just go to a, a working laptop. <laughs> Little sister. Right. Not self. everybody understands how funny that is. That's not my strength in this technology. Okay, so it's shoot.com. I don't go to your Facebook page to hear the the, the podcast. Podcast. Now I'm actually getting anxious. Shoot that video. Really You're gonna. Podcast. I'm gonna send a link to everyone. Um, it's in the chats. So everyone can read it. <laughs> Shoots.lego.com. Perfect. Yep. All right. Yep. It's totally gone off the rails. All right. I love you guys all. We're this is we're calling it. That's that's too much. Love you, Justin. Hey. Love you, Justin. Love you, Anthony. Love you, Reggie. Bye. We did it. Shoot some video.